you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. That's hooey and applesauce. Three words for that. Who, la, and la. When I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. Oh, it's gangbusters. Damn a Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? Hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to episode number 47 of the Dave Damashek Football Program. Available on iTunes. Subscribe, won't you? It's also available at davedamashek.nfl.com. I'm joined right now to break down the title games. We're, we're just a couple days away. Only three games left in this in the football year. Then what? NBA? NHL? All right, I guess that's fine, but pales in comparison to our beloved sport of football. Joining me to break it all down right now, from NFL.com, you know him from the Pick 6 column, the like, dislike, and beyond, it's Adam Rank. What's the poop, fella? Hey, boss, thanks for having me. Sure. There's four games left. What are you talking about? The Pro Bowl. Stop it. Aren't we all going to get together? I thought we were having a Pro Bowl party at your house. Now you've reminded me of our conversation last week with our pal Steve Smith of the Carolina Panthers, who's going to be joining us in just a few minutes here to yap about uh, what we saw in the divisional round. He shot down my grand idea. I don't know who he thinks he is to give me the hi-hat on this. And I know he's excited to go to the Pro Bowl. Right. In fact... What a generous deed. He's taking all of his fellow receivers from Mm -hmm. the Carolina Panthers and their wives and their kids and his coaches. So I understand that he's excited to go to Hawaii. But my idea to have the two worst teams play one another and the winner of that game gets the first overall pick. Now that adds intrigue. And now you've never seen it. He didn't even humor you with that. No, he said that's a a terrible idea. (laughs) He was wrong. I was right. Now, rank. Let's talk about uh, some, you know, a lot of things that we can yap about based on what we saw in the divisional round game. But the thing that occurred to me last night was this. 
Imagine if we wind up with, in Indianapolis, mm-hmm. a.k.a. the town of Peyton Manning. Right. What if we wind up with Tom Brady, his arch nemesis, Peyton's <laughs> arch nemesis? Uh-huh. Already, I think, you know, you and I agree, but I think that, uh, you know, the world at large enjoys this debate of Brady versus Peyton. Of course. People like this. But, of course, Brady has three rings to Peyton's one. Mm-hmm. If Brady gets number four <laughs> in essentially the second portion of his career, I mean, Brady, it's been, we've talked about that as well. It's been seven long years. A long time. Since Brady got one. And that's diminished the luster of his career, I think, a little bit. But. It will be restored, and Brady will re-enter the conversation of greatest quarterback in NFL history if the Patriots, flawed as they are, especially defensively, they have very little running game. And if they can somehow win the Super Bowl, in spite of the other teams that are offense first, zero defense, that's been the story of 2011 in the NFL. All offense, oh, what's the difference if we don't have a defense? We'll we'll outscore the opponent. Well, the Saints learned and the Packers learned now mm-hmm. that they couldn't get by this way. If the Patriots can buck this trend and win the Super Bowl, Brady then, like I say, is now back in that mix of Unitas, Montana, and that very small group of uh, of quarterbacks. You Peyton know Manning is, is, is on the outside looking in without a doubt at that point, right? Uh-huh. And then he's going to do it in, in, in Indianapolis. In Indy. Or, you know what's funny? or no, no, his younger before, brother. Before we even get to that, I I got to be honest, I didn't think of that. I now want, that's now what I want to happen. <laughs> I'm officially rooting for the Patriots because I want Tom Brady to get that number four in Indianapolis, end that silly debate once and for all. But Dave, the one thing I got to ask, if you're going to be talking about Tom Brady coming up, being possibly back into the mix of best quarterback, Where's Aaron Rodgers now? Is he still the greatest quarterback of all time? All right. You had to throw it in my face. I've been saying it all season long. I've been mm-hmm. saying it since last season. All right. Oh, you know, I'm not, am I ready to say that that will never be now? That, uh, that, do I have to close the book ask- and change I'm my tune? No, I'm asking you how this weekend's games, if it changed your perception, if it changed it at all. I think that what we've learned is – and I'm not trying to make any caveats to what I said and what I've been saying for about a year now is that Aaron Rodgers, when it's all said and done, when his career ends, he will be he will go down as the greatest quarterback of all time. Now, I mean, of course, he's going to have to win at least, at least two more for that to be the case. Mm-hmm. I don't know that he's ever going to have a better chance than he had this year. But what we learned is something that we've seen time and again You do not sit down your starters, especially your quarterback. You must take the risk, perilous though it is, to be out on the gridiron with 300 men intentionally running themselves into you. You must take that risk and keep your rhythm. It's just bad even even if uh, under the best of circumstances. It isn't great to take that to to have that bye week. As desirable as it seems to be, hey, we get to rest and get healthy and everything, clearly – the facts are in. It is not a good thing to have that buy. You think, oh, no, we're going to have to win three. If, if, if it's your team and you have that, uh, you have to play the first weekend of the playoffs, you think, oh, that's bad. It's a disadvantage to us. We have to win three games just to get to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I think the facts speak for themselves. In fact, I wrote this down. You know what's funny, too, is if, if Miles Austin – doesn't lose that ball in the lights in Texas Stadium or Cowboys Stadium in Week 14. Mm-hmm. The Cowboys win that game. They go to the playoffs. They play the Falcons in the first round. Either one of those teams go into Lambeau, easily rolls over. And then this whole thing about, like, resting your player and all that stuff, 
It doesn't even matter. And can I say one other thing, too? And I don't want to make light of this, but there was a tragedy with the, in, within the Packers family. The offensive coordinator lost I think that's a son. legitimate okay. point, right. And, that's, and that goes back to our BCS conversation about Oklahoma State. You look what it did to a team of professional athletes, what, it, what effect it had on them. And then you look at college kids playing the same day that it happened after a plane crash, which is what Oklahoma State had to do. And now you look back and you're like, you know, that didn't affect them at all. Well, you know, I agree with you, as a matter of fact, and you're not being glib at all with that. I think that's a legitimate thing that uh, that affected the way the uh, the Packers went into this one. But I also think that it has to do with rhythm, especially the way that Packers offense goes. They don't have a running game. Their defense is shoddy. And the way Rodgers and those receivers um, have worked all season long and last season, too, it's a, it's a rhythm-type offense, those back shoulder throws and so on require that you be as sharp as can possibly be. And three weeks off probably didn't benefit uh, or definitely didn't benefit Rodgers. Beyond that, uh, the drops were terrible, too. Well, you know, right. what, what might have happened had, had those drops not happened, if they get some of those first downs, you know, Jermichael Finley with that one where they're just not on the same page at all, Jermichael and Aaron Rodgers. But look at this, though. I, I did look it up. Dominant teams over the last 15, 20 years – in the regular season, has absolutely no connection with who ends up winning the Super Bowl. And I don't like that. You know, I like a meritocracy, mm-hmm. Frank. And I think the NFL does it as well as any sport does. But it still doesn't result in the best teams, especially these dominant teams. It seems like they don't leave any gas in the tank for the postseason. I don't know how to explain it, but you have the 15-1 and Packers right. of this season, of course. They're now beaten by a 9-7 and Giants team. Right. They're put out of the playoffs that, like you say, wouldn't have even made the playoffs if not for, you say, Miles Austin or Jason Pierre-Paul's uh, field goal block yep. at the end. Who knows? They don't even get into the postseason. Then you had the 0-4 Steelers. They went 15-1. and hmm. They lose at home to a game Patriots team. I think they were 14-2. and But then you had the 98 Vikings. They're 15-1. and They don't go to the Super Bowl. The 18-0 and Patriots, they get to the Super Bowl. They lose to that Giants team. The 14-2 and Patriots last year and the 13-3 and Falcons, they don't get to the Super Bowl. Right. Green Bay does. In 09, 14-2 and Colts, they lose to the 13-3 and Saints. And San Diego, 13-3, and a dominant team, they don't get to the Super Bowl. Tennessee, 13-3 and in 08, they don't get to the Super Bowl. Uh, mentioned 07, you also had the 13-3 and Cowboys and 13-3 and Packers. They don't get to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. In 06, the 13-3 and Ravens. Chargers fourteen and two that year. Who's that? The Sandy. Chargers. Oh, the Chargers were fourteen and two. I'm sorry. Schott- Schottenheimer's last year. Those teams don't get to. Uh, what do you mean last year? Schottenheimer's final season in San Diego. Oh, 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 oh. I thought you were making a fourteen joke. wins and he got fired because yeah, they wanted to that's get. Right. They wanted to get back to back no playoff berths from North Turner. Oh five, you have the uh, fourteen and two Colts. They don't get to the Super Bowl. Oh four, you have the. I mentioned the Steelers. In oh one, you had the fourteen and two Rams. They don't win the Super Bowl. They lose to the Patriots. In uh, in the year two thousand, the thirteen and three Titans lose at home to the Ravens, and so on. The point is, I, I think I know what your point is. What's that? The NFL should have a BCS system. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, because I'll tell you this much. I don't like how this I, – I really don't like that it goes this way. I It, it, it sort of bugs me. I like the best – you know, I've, I've often said, you know what would be the best World Series for baseball is to go back to the way they did it 100 years ago. Two teams win, 
and the two teams win their 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 pennants, and then they play a best of nine. This removes all chance of of uh, a fluke, you know, and whatever reduces the chance for flukes to happen. That's what I like. I know that that seems boring to people. Most people say that's uh, curmudgeonly, but that's how I feel. There's got to be a fine balance because even if you go back to the 70s, there were some Raiders teams that had one loss, ended up losing to the Steelers in the playoffs. It almost seems, though, that the best NFL system was back when they had just the one wild card where you had the three division winners, mm-hmm. one wild card. Nobody had a buy. Everybody plays. But, of course, that's not going to happen because of television money. They're making way too much loot off this because wild card weekend has four games. The divisional round, which to me is probably the best weekend of football of any weekend outside of maybe week one when everybody's excited for the game to get back. Everybody's got a chance. Everybody's got a fantasy team that's still in the mix. But besides all of that, it's going to be the divisional round of the playoffs. But, yeah, there is something to be said about these teams, these great teams taking too much time. Nobody's really figured out a system of, like, what to do because where you talk about the Packers where they took the time off and they did everything, you look at the Patriots – you get a team like the Broncos in there, and I mentioned this before about the Giants and the Packers. You get a team that limps into the, you know, to your team. They played if they would have played the Steelers, they would have played the Broncos as they did. They end up winning, so there is something to be said. Now the Patriots have that time. Now it doesn't matter because the Ravens also had time off, so you have two teams on equal footing. So there's kind of a funny balance, but it's kind of what makes the NFL playoff special i know everybody loves that people love upsets that's the thing that's the the march madness tournament everybody loves those upsets i again i i guess it really the bottom line the alternative is a bcs is just having guys because last year they would have voted in the patriots and the falcons and that would have been your super bowl would that have been better no, indeed. Would you have liked that better? No, I wouldn't have had it. Okay. No, I haven't. Um, what about, though, you mentioned those Ravens, and as far as I'm concerned, they got uh, they got pretty lucky. Jacoby Jones is the MVP of that game. If you're the <laughs> Ravens, that's who that's who deserves your Gatorade bath. I discussed it all. Did they do a Gatorade bath? I, I missed it. I didn't see it. I'm stunned that they didn't. I thought they had they celebrated uh, every first down with a Gatorade bath. For Are they going to fly Harbaugh. a banner up there for winning this game? Well, you know, I you know the Jacoby Jones fumble, of course. I mean, you know, it's it's so easy to right now say, well, of course the Patriots are going to beat that Ravens team, based on the blowout that the Patriots oh, yeah, had, I don't know about that. and then the Ravens struggle to beat T.J. Yates, and you know they they score twenty points. Their two touchdowns come on. I mean, the, the one turnover, obviously, Jacoby Jones puts them inside the ten, but then Yates throws another terrible pick that they turn into a touchdown from what twenty-five or thirty yards out. Right. They kick a. They, they kick those field goals, and they absolutely were dominated, pushed around by the offensive line of the Texans. Uh, Arian Foster gashed them. Can we say if Matt Schaub was still playing that? I've said it repeatedly now. If Matt Schaub were the quarterback, and keep in mind too where we left off when Matt Schaub gets hurt, Matt Schaub and those uh, and those Texans are in the number one spot when he gets hurt, the number one seed in the AFC, and Ravens fans are quick to point out we beat them at home when we played them, but Andre Johnson is a humongous, obviously a humongous X factor, even if he doesn't catch a pass. Absolutely, when he's out on the field, it makes all the difference for Arian Foster, and I'll tell you. TJ Yates didn't miss Andre Johnson by much on a couple of uh, a couple of routes that uh, sent him on the skinny post right up the sideline. He just missed him a couple times. He hooks up on one of those. That game probably goes differently too. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I, if you're the Ravens, I, I was a little surprised by how joyous they were. You know, on the other hand, I always say, 
you know, I don't care if my team wins three to two in the playoffs. It's their only home game. Yeah. As long as you win, it's fine. You know, as long as you advance. But you know, Flacco looked lousy again. He looked, you know, taking some bad sacks. You know, really, those are the, some of the sacks he took are absolutely on him for holding on to the ball too long. And uh, and in general, he missed some throws. His receivers made him look good on a couple of uh, a couple of deep balls that he threw. So I'd be very nervous. And yet, I'm inclined to pick them over the Patriots yeah. because of what we've seen here. The, if you, you know, the Packers and Saints have shown that you know whatever your deeds are in the regular season have no effect that do not translate in the playoffs at all if you go up against a relatively good defensive team that can scratch out some points and Ray Rice I think should be able to run the ball as long as Cam Cameron doesn't get in the way of it and as much as I as much as I uh, make fun of Joe Flacco he really is the biggest problem Cam Cameron is that's their problem on that team is his play calling it, right. It's just atrocious how he has been able to keep his job year after year. He goes games where he forgets that Ray Rice is even on the team. Why you're not running the ball, what, running the offense through him is is hard to fathom. And by the way, look at what the, yeah, look at against what the, that Texans team, that's another thing. That Texans defense, absolutely superior to the Ravens or any other in the AFC. They can, you know, they, uh, you know, if they were going up to Foxborough, if T.J. Yates survives that atrocious performance. Mm-hmm. Maybe he has an, he has enough confidence to even go up there and do it because Arian Foster, I think, would gash the Patriots' defense he too. He would run all over them. And those guys can cover those uh, those DBs for the Texans for as many years as we've made fun of that defense. Suddenly, what a great pass defense they have too. And we talk about it all the time. You start getting pressure on Tom Brady, and same thing with Suggs this weekend. If Suggs and company can get after Brady, he becomes absolutely mortal and beatable. That's the one thing is if you can get the pressure up the middle, force Tom Brady to be uncomfortable in that pocket, you can make him him force him into mistakes, and that's a big thing. And by the Texans, too, this is a a good team that's built for the future. Their defense is great. Matt Schaub comes back. He's going to be good. They need, and this might be a good time to point out, that we have Mock Draft Day oh, yeah. on NFL.com, which is Tuesday. I don't know if you're going to listen to us today on Tuesday when we're recording or if you're listening to us later in the week. Our mock drafts are on the site. Dave and I have made mock drafts. They're on there. You can go check those out on NFL.com. There are like a dozen or so people who Tons got them, of people right? you can look through and see all kinds of Charles Mine's Davis. probably the best and most comprehensive and most I'm... insightful, I would say, objectively. But... You would say that objectively. As a, yeah, I would think so. But, you know, I say, I guess, basically judge for yourself. Okay. But, um, yeah, so I we did that. that. And, 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 yeah, I listen, I declared it, I think, on Sunday night. I said, let me be the first to declare the Texans as the AFC uh, favorite to get to the Super Bowl next year. They have year. to be. And I have them taking a receiver. Assuming they keep Arian Foster. Get, and yeah, if they get another exactly receiver right. to put out there, too, because it looked when that, Andre Johnson went down, it just showed how bad the rest of the guys were, Kevin Walter, Jacoby Jones. The rest of that, the receiving core is awful. They need to add somebody. I would add a free agent, and then I would draft a guy. And you put a couple other pieces on that team. If you get a burner to go on the other side of Andre Johnson, then also you'd want him to ideally be able to carry the load a little bit because you know Andre Johnson is invariably going to get get hurt hurt at some point. He never plays a whole season. But, yes, I agree with you. That's their only weakness. Secondary, tough, pass rush, tough, good against the run. And they get Mario Williams back. Dominant offensive line. Andre Johnson, one of the three best wide receivers when healthy. 
Owen Daniels, if he can ever get healthy, another uh, really good pass catcher. Joel Dreesen's tight end. I mean, yeah, I mean they're, they're they're loaded and they're the best team in the AFC. And you know, look, they just about beat the Ravens. I think again, you could make a case that they should have won that game. And in fact, with two minutes to go, if I can nitpick. With two minutes to go in the game, you're moving the ball. Arian Foster's having his way. You're chipping away. You need a touchdown to force the overtime. They have they have plenty of time to the Texans. They've crossed midfield, and they need that touchdown. Why the deep ball, TJ Yates? Oh, Why panic. did you force that ball up there? You could have run the ball. I mean, the, the, that's not on Yates, though. They have to take that out of his hands. The offensive coordinator needs to take the, to take that away and say, let's run the ball on first down here. We have time. We can spin the clock here a little bit. Or at least get the ball to Foster in the flat. Something where you're not – don't allow him to go deep is the thing. Yeah, that was a rookie panicking. No uh, no surprise uh, as far as I'm concerned with the result. In the other game, you took the Broncos. That's the only game, Rank. We went uh, we went complete opposite this week it, with our picks. You went 3-1. and one. Mm-hmm. The only one you got wrong was the uh, the Broncos game. But I think you were trying to be a contrarian there. Yes. I, I don't think you – I don't think in your heart I – th- I think if you had to bet all the uh, money that you have in your bank account, you wouldn't have put it on uh, Tim Not Tebow. a chance. I was, I was also somewhere on the site – Picking the Ravens, or excuse me, picking the Patriots on another thing on an analyst board. When, like, in my heart of hearts, where I didn't see the future as I picked the Patriots, but yeah, that wasn't much of a surprise. Well, you know, as as I say, they look like a juggernaut, but again, you get that's past, a, you know, you get a pass rush on Brady. I, he comes back down to earth, the and they are the so flawed. Too. I mean, the same thing the Packers with the defense. Their defense was not tested against Tim Tebow. Well, but the difference is that the thing that surprises me a little bit, and the difference between the Patriots and Packers as far as I'm concerned, is that there is no wiggle room whatsoever for Tom Brady. Either he does it or they lose. They're, they, they're not going to be able to run the ball, and that's that holds true with the Packers, except that on defense, they at least have playmakers. Right. Woodson, Matthews, and beyond. The Patriots have zero. They mm-hmm. have no one who's going to turn a game around with a, with a spectacular defensive play. They got nothing like that out of any of their defenders on Sunday, the Packers, and instead they had it done to them by OCU Manure with, I guess, the play of the game with that mm-hmm. strip because the replay show that Greg Jennings was all alone. That right. Been, that would have been, would a, have touchdown. been a touchdown. And the momentum would have changed. Absolutely. Um, can we talk about, though? The best game. We're ignoring the best game. Yes. Can, can I tell you one thing about that game? I have to make, uh, in, in the name of full disclosure, I have to admit something to you. I didn't see that game live. I instead... Took my uh, my four year old daughter. We went on a little uh, mini date sort of thing. Mm-hmm. We went uh, on Saturday. We went to see Beauty and the Beast in 3D. Mm-hmm. Beauty and the Beast. Are you familiar with that picture? Beauty I'm not. and I'm the of Beast. Was it the movie? A story old as time. Angela Lansbury is the teapot. I'd never seen it before. But it's the motion picture. And is uh, what do you mean the motion picture? Or was it's it po- the play? What's it a play? No, no we do went, it as a no, play. We went over to the. Dave, uh, not to interrupt your family time, uh, when yeah. we have Steve Smith on the line. All right, Speaking Steve. Of family Steve, time. Steve will hold on I for wanted, one second. I want to know, Steve. We didn't. We didn't well, listen. We went. We saw the movie, and uh, and it was a wonderful time. We had a dinner, and then I went home, and I sit. I still am like father of the year yeah. because while these playoff games are going on. I'm at Beauty and the Beast with the little girl. Then I come home. I watch it on TiVo. I didn't know the score. Perfect. Good See? for you. That's a TiVo. I can't bust you for Making that. Making better nice... parents. 
all over the world. <laughs> hey, uh, let, let's uh, catch up with him right now. Here he is, Steve Smith. What's going on, man? Did you go hey, see? Hey, what's going on, Father of the Year? See, <laughs> you got the endorsement. I can't make fun of that, can I, Steve? It's a nice moment. Great. You know, technology allows that to happen now. So you kind of get credit for the technology because, you know, TiVo had everything prepared before. Let, let TiVo had went out, he would uh, been a different dad. <laughs> I would have cursed my daughter. You caused me to miss the best playoff game in years. <laughs> How are you, Steve Smith? I'm doing good, doing good. How are you guys doing? Good. What do you think of uh, the games? We're just uh, we're just reviewing them right now. Um, we're talking about the fact that the Texans looked like, uh, you know, they have to be frustrated about the fact that, uh, you know, the kid gets in there, TJ Yates probably overwhelmed by the moment a little bit. If not for that, I think they had the better of the, of the Ravens on Saturday. If, you know, uh, I, I, I tell my son that all the time. If and wish and could have and came close only counts in one quote unquote sport or activity. Which? Horse shoes. <laughs> Other than that, it doesn't count. Well, what'd you think though? Didn't they look uh, dynamite? They, I mean, they really the Ravens, the, oh, Ravens? the Texans, yeah, yeah, yeah. the Texans looked terrific. I thought. Uh, you know. If Grandma had balls, she'd be named Grandpa. So. <laughs> enough about that. We've ignored the Saints 49ers game long enough. Steve, did you catch that game, or were you out at the movies? No. Um, actually, I saw that game. Uh, and to me, um, like I said, uh, you know, I keep saying, the teams that have lost, what has really been their crux? Secondary. Mm-hmm. And if the secondary isn't intact, if all these quote-unquote shut-down corners ain't shutting everybody down, they're, they're, they're running into problems, you know. Um, and you, you see that time and time again. I mean, uh, you know, I had a guy text me, oh, you know, Tracy Porter, love that guy. Uh, oh, he's, you know, he's a, he's a good player, you know. They line, they line, them, they line them guys up with uh, some good players, too, on the other side. Uh, you know, San Francisco 49ers, every receivers get, uh, they get paid too. You know, they were drafted. And um, they locked them up, zero coverage. And once again, zero coverage. And you you pick a side, you pick the wrong side. And um, you like everybody else, sit at home watching next week's game. Well, so are you saying, and and listen, you're uh, obviously you've been uh, you've been pretty sharp with that prediction because now the I'm same. I'm a wide receiver. That's, that's my job is to break down. All right, well, break it down then. Because, look, the Saints are done. The Packers are done now. So do you think uh, – what was so if, if if the key to victory is the secondary, who's got the best secondary left out there? The best secondary out there is, I think, the San Francisco 49ers. Mm-hmm. They have a great D-line, but they also have a very, very good – secondary that that has shown not three or four games but over what a 16 plus game period of time that they can play man coverage they can play zone coverage they can disguise and they offensively also century four niners went blow for blow with the new orleans saints mm-hmm. 
And yeah. that's what that's what makes the game exciting. But at the same time, it also shows the vulnerability of where the league is going, where the league is going into who can adjust, who can produce, and who can adapt to the style of the game at the current time. And that was the difference uh, leading into why some of the teams lost. Uh, the Denver Broncos, they weren't able to adapt. They weren't able to be able to go blow for blow with the New England Patriots. Um, when it's a 16-12 to 12 game, oh, everybody looks like uh, the best player, you know, the, the top ten greatest finishes. But that, that only works, you know, so long. you got to be able to adjust and adapt and to form and mold according to that current game. And the teams that did not do that, it got real quick and real ugly of what happened if you – weren't able to adapt. Well, what and happened? It became a bad game. What happened to the Packers? Because the thing that I thought was going to be the difference for them versus everybody was making the comparison to the 07 season with that pass rush of the Giants and the Tom Brady, you know, couldn't uh, couldn't do anything in the Super Bowl. The difference to me was going to be Aaron Rodgers can run away from the pressure, which he did a lot of the time. He kept breaking, he kept he breaking the away. pocket and yeah. kept running away. But why? What what was going on with the, him not being on the same page? Was it the two or three weeks off? Is that what it was? No, I mean, I, I think, yeah, because he was off, you know. <laughs> but you look at he was avoiding the pressure, and if they threw the ball, which they did, if they threw the ball, I mean, Jermichael, I, I, Finley, he's a phenomenal player. And for the last probably five weeks, he's really had, he's really struggled. I think it went from physical to mental. He really struggled to get away from, man, I, I, I dropped the ball. I, I've been there, and I've seen guys where you drop one or two passes, and all of a sudden now you're consumed by it. And now you're body catching it and you're doing things, and all of a sudden you go, okay, don't drop the ball, don't drop the ball, throw the ball, drop. And it just kind of, just kind of spiraled, and it just got bigger and bigger, and those guys didn't make plays. I mean, there were times where guys were wide open just – Either a fumble or a drop, and when that you, you know when that happens, it, it, it becomes it's like a it's like a common cold running rampant in the elementary school. It just hmm. you know it just contagious. <laughs> All of a sudden, it's on the water fountains, it's on the spigots, it's on the crayons, it's on the markers. Then next thing you know, the whole <laughs> team is sick. And nothing you can do. But like you said, we were talking about the layoffs. Now you guys had a layoff when you when you played the Cardinals in the playoffs a couple of years ago. Is it bad? Do you should you not want the layoff, or should you want that extra week off? Because it seems like a lot of teams that get that layoff come out a little bit sluggish. You come out a little bit sluggish, but what really happens is the team that that played the week before they're ready. They're feeling through. They've got a little momentum. And what generally happens in, in, in most cases is, uh, like when we played the uh, the Arizona Cardinals, they had a little adversity in the first, I think, first quarter, first two quarters. When we were up, like, I think 14-0. And they had a little adversity when they played the week before. So they had already been able to deal with it. And they had a flow going. And when you don't play that week, it does 
has some impact. But at the end of the day, they're just moving and going. They're, they're ready, and, and you're not. And that can be every case when you lose. But when you win, then that, that theory doesn't really matter. What do you think about uh, – because you, you say secondary is what's important, and like I say, so far you've been right. The the Patriots, the only uh, – their secondary is, uh, as far as I'm concerned, pretty lousy, and the only QB they've looked at so far is Tim Tebow, so we can almost reject that one out of hand. The other thing, though, that you talk about is experience at quarterback. Do you think Joe Flacco – and you talk also about the, the case of the drops. There seems to be a psychological thing going on with Flacco that he's making these uh, sort of uh, snide remarks about, oh, I don't get credit even when we win games. Is, is the chip on his shoulder good? Is it a distraction? Is he not playing as well as he could because he seems distracted? And bottom line, can he go into, into, into Foxborough and, uh, and win that game this weekend? Well, I mean, he doesn't get credit for winning. I mean, you turn on ESPN, the man has lost the game. And who are they talking about? The team, Tim Tebow time. Let's look at his greatest season ever, which is probably his only season so thus far. And he'll be on CBS uh, this week, and he'll be this, and he'll be that. And we're having all these discussions, and they have uh, all these statistics of how great Tim Tebow was in college and how that's transferred to the NFL, yada, yada, yada. But what about the people that actually are currently playing that actually were able to hit an out route Saturday night or Sunday night? What about those guys who are moving on? I hear you. I I, I listen. I absolutely. Last time I checked, Joe Flacco's playing, and guys like myself, we're not playing. They're not running. They're not running. I play. I'm going on my 12th year. I got more. I got more highlight uh, from my rookie year to the Super Bowl than some other guys have that they're talking about right now. Yeah, but Joe Flacco has benefited from situation though. He's got that great running game, and that defense is good. And like I say, you what, don't. Do you not you, think? Did you just? Did you just say? Did you just say what I've been saying about Denver? No, listen. <laughs> listen. I'm, what I'm what I'm saying know, is I'm is it very, is I'm listening very clearly. I, <laughs> well, but no. But but my point is, with Flacco. You talk about a case of the drops with receivers and how that gets in your yeah. head and, and is a distraction. Is all this stuff about I don't get enough credit and and and. I assume then that that means that he feels like if he makes a single mistake that he gets uh you know that he get uh, that it gets blown out of proportion is it he does. going into this game not focused on taking care of business and instead worried oh if I make a mistake I'm going to get destroyed back in Baltimore by the by the national media and so on is, is, well, is, he, is I mean he's 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 bringing up stuff that are factual and true um Let's talk about the last, you know, they talk about how he didn't perform well in the last playoff game against Pittsburgh last year, right? Mm-hmm. Who, who's the guy that dropped that sure first down? For the I agree with you. I think he got. I think he got beaten up unfairly in that game, as a matter of fact. He had uh, okay. a couple of his uh, vets dropped uh, big passes on him. But who, at the end, who did they say didn't perform well? Well, you're right. Flacco, absolutely. You're right on that count. Okay. So I, I don't think he's uh, being dramatized or 
or feeling distracted, I think he's, once again, he's stating a fact. All right. Well, so who's going to win that game, Patriots or Ravens? How say you, Steve Smith? Man, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm picked in a corner because you know, um, I like Wes Walker, uh, friends with him. I'm real good friends with Anquan, uh, you know, and Ed and, and those guys. So, uh, you know, I just, I think it's going to be a good game. I, I don't believe, I think it's going to be. You know, 30-34-28 game. Not sure who's going to score that, but it's going to be the team that stops the offense one or two times. That's that, that's really going to be the difference maker. But well, you keep saying that it's the secondary. I mean, the, the, the But he also got Brady, who's the experienced quarterback, which is also something Steve Smith loves. Yes, but here's the thing. What I keep saying, what makes the secondary better than what they are? A front seven. Mm-hmm. If the front seven is good like both front sevens are, it makes the secondary look better than what they are. But coming off a game like Baltimore's had, I mean, you get all those picks, you can't do nothing to smell yourself and think you're a shutdown corner because you got those picks and, you know, you're kind of doing that. Mm-hmm. What about the other side of things? What do you think of uh, Giants and the Niners? I, I To be honest – I, I kind of think it's going to be a boring game. You do? You, you mean low yeah. scoring? I think it's going to be low scoring. I think it's going to be a lot of uh, running the ball, you know. Um, I, I, I think it's going to be kind of like the uh, Pittsburgh and uh, Denver game. It's, you know, it's going to be defense, running the ball, running the ball, who who makes the least mistake. What's going to be the worst result? Do you think, uh, I mean, for America, if the Harbaugh boys play one another, we're going to have to deal. That's cool. Yeah, but then we have to, for two weeks, hear stories about, oh, Jim and John. Oh, in, those two, in those two weeks, in those two weeks, they've seen the manage to put Tim Tebow in there as well. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably right. And here's what I agree with you on, too, Steve, is this, I, I think that John Elway, even though he said what he said about he's earned the right to be our starting quarterback when we get to camp, everybody has now mi- taken that to mean, oh, he's our starting quarterback. No, no. All John Elway said is he will start training camp as our starting quarterback, That, which, in other words, is uh, pretty meaningless. I think they're going to draft a quarterback. I think they might take the kid out of Texas A&M, Ryan Tannehill, because I think John Elway desires a more traditional QB. How say you? If you say traditional, meaning mean be able to out route, uh, I guess that's traditional. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't know. And believe me, as a Steeler fan, I'm humiliated that uh, that, that guy threw for 300 yards on us. But if you take that how game about, out. How about this, though? You know, I, they've kind of said that he'll be on CBS. He'll be in studio for the for the, you know, for the uh, games, right, to, mm-hmm. to give his analysis, I guess. Um, how, how does a quarterback who isn't very good evaluate other quarterbacks for doing what you haven't done. Maybe he'll just sit there and say, uh, I wish I could do that. Trent Dilfer does it all the time. What did you say? Trent Dilfer does it all the time. But I want to go back Uh, to... Trent Dilfer, actually, even in his career, later he wasn't as good. But even when he was early, Trent can hit an out route now. Mm -hmm. That's true. (laughs) All right, I'll give Trent Dilfer that. Damning with faint praise is what they call that. I want to go back to what Dave said. We were talking about the best outcome for America. Steve, do do players hate the Patriots like normal people no. do? Oh, uh, not really. 
I'm just curious I mean, if, the, if the players feel the same way. Like, if there's a team out there where you're like, I don't care who wins as long as it's not this team. Is there any team like that from, from a player's perspective? I mean, I think there is is when you have people, um, when you have them, like, kind of do it, when they, you know, kind of get out there and say things and do stuff that, that maybe uh, people don't like them. But I think for, for the most part, you know, people, as players, we you like winning teams. You like winning organizations. You like how winning teams do it. So you you, you follow them uh, as a professional, not as a fan. Hey, uh, you know we're uh, we're planning on Super Bowl week uh, in Indianapolis. You're not going to be there, are you, Steve? No, I uh, actually, you know, we have planned uh, to be there, but uh, uh, me and my wife have uh, decided to discontinue our. Uh, ability to uh, to uh, bear any more children as a uh, couple, so um, she's getting uh, snipped uh, on Friday. So, oh, I yeah. see. Oh. Wow, breaking news! And and, and this so, is in front of the trip to Hawaii. This is after after. Oh, oh after. this will be after. I see. After. I see. Yeah. All right. Very good. So, um, we, uh, so we we uh, I'll, I'll be at home, uh, mom and dad. Very nice. See, and I'm, I'm parent of the year, your husband of the year, and then you'll uh, resume the dance lessons soon after that. How are those going, by the way? We haven't started yet. She's going to wait till after she does oh, surgery, um, and then we're going to start. Uh, so I'm not really sure how that's going to turn well, out. Well, so my point is we're going to be there, and we're doing uh, the show that I should mention, uh, NFL.com live uh, from the Super Bowl Wednesday through Friday, three hours uh, at on Media Row. And um, I was uh, we were putting together for some things we're talking about is one of the things we'll address is the greatest Super Bowls of all time. And I'll tell you, the game that is often forgotten when people make these lists is the one you played against those Patriots. That was a gangbusters yeah. game. That was, that was a good game. I mean, that was, was a, that exciting. Was a, back I think and that's forth. one of the two or three best Super Bowls ever played. That, that was a phenomenal game. Uh, and that was one of the games which basically put uh you know, put them, put uh, Adam Vinatieri is one of the greatest plus mm-hmm. kickers around. You know, uh, we were just another notch on his bedpost. <laughs> does that game so, disgust you, or does that? You know, or are you are you happy when you think about that game? At first, it used to, but now you know it's like, man, you know, I had the opportunity to play, just kind of be 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 happy about it and thankful. You know, uh, I, I, one of the, one of the things that if you have the ability to play in the playoffs, and all you got to do if you get that first buy is win one game, you win one game, you are one game away from going to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. It's a simple, it's a simple formula, but it's so hard to execute. Well, yeah, I mean, like uh, Rank says, I think America would have liked to have seen a different outcome of that game. Absolutely. Uh, outcome of that game for you guys. Last question for you, Steve Smith, is uh, is this one. What did you make of Vernon Davis uh, crying after that? You ever cried on the field after uh, a good moment or a bad one? Um, yeah, I kind of got emotional uh, after some moments. Um, I thought, it, you know, I thought it was raw. Mm-hmm. Uh 
I didn't think it was premeditated. I think he just allowed his emotion. I thought he, he took the opportunity to be vulnerable. And um, in this day and age, I think a lot of people try to put guys down when they're vulnerable, uh, try to take away things from them. Um, I thought, you know, he, he did a good job and he let his emotions uh, be free. And a game like that, uh, I think uh, I, I was kind of looking at how Harbaugh embraced him and some of and reading his lips of reading his lips of some of the things he said. Uh, and I think, and I'm just paraphrasing. I'm just assuming. I think the way Vernon was treated with uh, Singletary, Singletary, and how things were said and how he was treated and and kind of uh, maybe uh, talked about. I think it was a great opportunity that he felt that he got an opportunity to redeem himself without even recognizing or knowing it until that very moment at that time where it's like, man, uh, I was patient and I got an opportunity to show what kind of what kind of player I really can be, especially the way he was, I felt, put down and, and, uh, and ridiculed a little bit uh, from the head coach of uh, Mike Singletary uh, when he was coaching out there. Well, you know, I had no beef with it, as a matter of fact. But do you think that? Do you think less of me if I tell you that I've gotten misty in the stands as a fan a couple of times at some Steeler games and at at uh, a couple of hockey games too when the Penguins won the Stanley Cup? That would be TMI. <laughs> I think less of you. Yes. I don't think I deserve that. All right, listen, Steve Smith. Oh, good. We don't have to talk about when, the Clippers beating the Lakers. I'm glad we're getting off of this. Oh, gonna, mention, yeah, uh, talk yeah. about that. I'm sorry because we got to make a plan. We're all in LA, Steve Smith. You got to come in studio sometime. That would be great. I'm, but I'm trying to get I'm trying to get that worked out. But they do play the Bobcat February 11th here in Charlotte, and I. Have my floor seat ready. Ooh, wow, that's going to be a well. That that'll be a should be a nice blowout victory for your Clippers. Bobcats are about as bad as it gets outside of DC right now. Is your team are they are they? It's not the Clippers haven't just gone. Am I right? Or do you agree with me that the Clippers haven't just gone from a team that is going to the playoffs to a team that legitimately could go to the finals this year? Let's just go to playoffs and all the final stuff. I, you know, that's yeah. too soon to talk about. But I mean, they're team that guarantee. I think they can. If they beat, they beat the Heat. They beat the. They beat the Lakers. I. I mean, I'm not seeing too many other teams that's going to go down the stretch and give them complications as much as probably those two teams. I agree. Uh, and, let's and, pump the brakes. As it's the season Clippers. as the season wears on, those Lakers are long in the tooth, that tight schedule that they're playing now. What could go Look, wrong? They Kobe have has a terrible go- bench. The Clippers have, I mean, everybody talks Chris Paul and Blake Griffin with uh, with good reason, and DeAndre Jordan's great too. But what they really got going for them is they're 10 deep. I mean, Randy yeah. Foy's coming off the bench. They got a lot of they're nice. Doing good. Yeah. They're doing a great job. The thing I think I've just kind of watched if – if Kobe scores over thirty-five points, mm-hmm. the clip the, the Lakers generally lose. Absolutely, if he scores mm-hmm. under twenty-one points, they they actually win. Yeah, that's the thing because he gets everybody involved. The best teams in Los Angeles goes Clippers, Kobe Bryant, UCLA, USC, and then the rest of the guys who play for the Lakers. Yeah, <laughs> that's the top five. <laughs> that's all right. 
All right, Steve Smith, listen, a pleasure as always. You're delightful. And may I say, everyone who listens to you each week, I get I get tweets every week. Why aren't you on Twitter? Because I like privacy. Oh, come on. Listen, everybody likes, everybody enjoys. I know, but I, I like privacy. I'm, you know, I don't want to know, I don't want people to know everywhere I'm going. I don't want people to. Once you put Who has to know where you're going? What does that have to do? You don't have to tell you know, people where you're going. Put in tweets, hey, I'm, you know, if you tweet, hey, I'm in Hawaii uh, today. If I tweet, I'm in Hawaii, so somebody's going to go, oh, house is occupied, unoccupied, cool. So then you say you're at the other end of the country. Just lie. You don't have to do that. Well, just... How about I don't tweet and I don't have to worry about oh. it? All right, fine. But anyway, the and point then, is. Plus, <laughs> also, once you put that on, once you put that tweet out there you can't get it back mm-hmm. i suppose all right i hear you steve smith but the point is i get a lot of tweets and they're all complimentary everybody says I appreciate it. this steve smith is terrific more steve smith they can't get enough of you you're terrific because you answer questions you're a good humored man and uh and and a delight for us to speak with and uh and we appreciate your time again this week appreciate it Thanks, right. Steve. We'll speak with you soon. There he goes. Right. The great Steve Smith, number 89. Always a you know what I have to ask him next time? Mm. I want to know what he thinks of sharing a name with Steve Smith of uh, the Eagles. Of course. I'd be interested to know, does that does that bother him? Mm. And we need to give him a good nickname, maybe, to distinguish him. That would be bit. nice. Yeah. And does he feel raw? Like, is he the better Steve Smith and he has to share the name? All those, all those, I get uh, all that, yeah. Those philosophical debates. All right, so there he goes, and in comes... Our old pal, all the way from England, the NFL employee with the beautiful accent, and the Handsome beautiful Hank. Music. He's Handsome Hank from England, Handsome from England. He's Handsome Hank from England, Handsome from England. He's Handsome Hank from England, Handsome from England. His name is Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank. He's Handsome Hank. Hello, handsome. How are you? Good, thanks, Dave. How are you guys? Good, good, good. Listen, let's. I, I don't want to be rude to you, handsome Hank. Let me just say up front, we're going to keep this tight because, okay. as usual, Steve Smith. Uh, you know, he likes to talk. He's a talker. He's he, he's so, allowed. To. We had to get that Clippers talking. Yeah, we did. No, I, I'm glad we did. But uh, so, handsome Hank joins us every week, and uh, what we like to yap about is uh, he he finds from. Not just Twitter. It started out with him reading tweets from mm-hmm. players and coaches, but now it's just anything that's uh, any interesting remark. And I think it's pretty. I'm, I'll guess that this week it's uh, it was a no brainer for you. It was Suggs versus Brady. It's Suggs Brady. Suggs Brady. And those guys, you know, they're going at it all the time. Uh, T Sizzle, uh, and he he um, he's he's kind of uh, th- normally he would he would go out and he'd talk trash but this time around he's actually putting down his own team which i think is an inter- interesting oh, little, self-deprecation little exactly it's, it's something new and maybe that's their game plan for for this weekend when you know just to try and stop brady from throwing six or seven touchdowns on them <laughs> so here's what terrell Suggs says he says tom brady he's good looking joe flacco's got the fu manchu but they're a good looking team we're not a good looking team mm-hmm uh, and then he he went on to to talk about uh, last time the two teams played. Uh, Tom Brady was they were jawing throughout the game. You and I would probably assume that there was some bad language being used. Um, maybe you know there was some kind of argument that was breaking out. Mm-hmm. But actually, Suggs claims that he was trying to tell me how to bag a Hollywood actress. <laughs> if you want to get a Hollywood actress, take my seminar on Saturday. 
and he was going over the Dow and the economy and politics. He doesn't really talk football that much. You know, I assume that Ter- uh, that uh, Terrell Suggs is being uh, is uh, just joking around. But I would love if Tom Brady did do that yeah. all the time. Yeah. If his trump card was always like, oh, yeah, you won, yeah. so what? I've seen your wife. <laughs> yeah. That Have you met Giselle? I would, no, I think he should bring up Bridget Moynihan and be like, this yeah. is who I threw away. Exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. how good I am. That's yeah. better. Yeah, my, <laughs> my trash is better than <laughs> – yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, that's great stuff. I love that. Um, yeah, and, and but they seem to not like each other. And now Tom Brady has responded, though, by saying this is the best team we've faced all year. Yeah. And if that's the case, they're in real trouble since the Steelers smoked them pretty good in Pittsburgh. And then he put on a Hannibal Lecter but, hat. But then he, he also, he, after the, they played in October, he said they, he said about Suggs, he does talk a lot for only beating us once in nine years. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Zing. I like that. Exactly. All right. Well, listen, Handsome Hank, like I say, we're really making a concerted effort. As much as uh, Rank loves the sound of his own voice um, and Steve Smith likes to, to yap, I think the listener doesn't want us to go an hour and a no. half when we do a podcast. No. We'll try to do one later in the week. That's that's really what our schedule is trying to be, Handsome Hank. And uh, what do you think of that? If we I did think that's two a great a week? idea. I mean, I, my commute here is approximately somewhere between eight and ten minutes. So if you go an hour and a half, it's I'll be, it'll be past Pro Bowl. What, that by pretty the time much catchy. Yeah. Right. But it, but if we did one a week by that standard, then, you could pretty much it would cover exactly. you for the week. Exactly. That's Other got, people though have half hour, forty minutes. But I know I'm kind of your target audience. Just me. absolutely. Literally me. You are. Yes. Well, because, yeah, well, uh, among our dozen listeners or so, yeah, yeah, you're one of our favorites. No, as a matter of fact, I do have to say uh, great thanks to the Czech Republic and to the Rank Amateurs because uh, the podcast doing uh, apparently uh, great numbers, and so we appreciate that. Doing well in the U.K., too. Very well in the That's, U.K. I attribute that to you. I attribute that to you, Adam Rank has some, has some British fans as well. Oh, we're going to have a gay old time once we get to Indianapolis. Now you're really going to get to see a part of America you probably haven't visited before. I, I the great been. Midwest. It's I wonderful. think you'll like it. I, I, I'm, I love I'm it. Excited. And lastly, let's, uh, let's address, the as we do on every show, every episode, we honor the episode number. This one is number 47. Mm-hmm. With the player in NFL and sports history who wore it best, no brainer here. It's Melvin Blunt of the Pittsburgh Steelers, correct? No argument. No. I mean, there's some good ones. Tom Glavin. Tom Glavin. Uh, Jack Morris. Michael Irvin. Michael Irvin. He was you, at the U. Do you know he, why Michael Irvin wore number 47? I don't. His uncle, Leroy Irvin, Los Angeles Rams cornerback, wore number 47. So oh, that's did, what he did. I wonder if Leroy Irvin played with Dieter Brock. Oh! Yes. Damashek <laughs> on the board. We do it every show. Now, well, we, we, have, to now we have a, a thing because we have a reader who keeps track of these. Listener. Or, excuse me, listener. I'm so used to being on the written pages. You shouldn't be but, that used to people reading your work. I don't think it <laughs> no, no, I should be. But he says that I get two points when I mention it with a with a current or former member of the Los Angeles Rams or St. Louis FC franchise. Double points. So the double. So, right, so, allow so having Steven Jackson last week and mentioning it was a two-pointer. Okay, so in the all-time uh, in the all-time race, I think you're up now one on me. For I think that would put me a yeah, organic Dieter Brock references within the podcast. Okay, so you've been waiting for that. You knew you set me up the whole Michael time. Irvin. I didn't. How would I possibly I know you were going to do that? All right, I don't so know. yes, I've, I've been setting you up for that. <laughs> setting me up. Uh, did you say Jack Morris? I did say Jack Morris. Arguably the greatest uh, 
uh, World Series game ever pitched, and I'm including Don Larson. Well, I didn't see Don Larson's uh, right. uh, game, but uh, that was a that's a. Uh, I'll put it that way: the greatest uh, World Series pitching performance I've You've ever, ever seen. seen. Absolutely, ten innings in games. Unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. At the indeed. back end of his career. But Mel Blunt, I will give it to him because the show has my name on it, and I will make the final decision on that. Well, and there's uh, a shock. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right, Ryan. Like it or don't. I don't. Uh, you know what? You can go spit for all I care. Now <laughs> I'll put it in my like dislike column. We'll see what side it falls on. Black tie. Uh, thanks for getting us uh, our man Steve Smith. You should have chimed in with your uh, NBA talk. I wasn't here. I stepped out. <laughs> oh, you did. Oh, of course. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't realize you had better things. Forgot. I didn't know you had better He's things so to busy. do. Handsome Hank. A pleasure to see you. And uh, you know. I guess uh, we'll we'll try to get one more for you so we can get more in-depth with – actually, there's word on the street from uh, Black Tie. We might get Arian Foster before these games. Oh, no? He's saying <laughs> Black no. Tie, Black Tie's saying no, that's not going to happen. But here's what is going to happen. The shame report. Mm-hmm. Look for that. A, uh, we'll, we'll jump into the DeLorean. I will try and improve on my one and three mark from last week. Rank will see if he can maintain the lofty standard he established going three and one. You're sort of like – it's sort of like – Peyton and Eli, all season long, I have this dominant streak. It means nothing once we get to the postseason. You turn it on come the postseason. All right, good for you. All right, we'll be back uh, with more hooey and applesauce later on. But in the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.